Hi, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and welcome to McCollum Wellness Radio. Now more than ever, our country needs to learn how to take care of our own health, and it's my mission to empower you on that journey. Please join me each week as I cover these topics and interview experts throughout the field to bring you the answers you need to reach your maximum health potential. Thank you and enjoy the show. Afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Duncan McCollum, and I am so happy to be talking to you today. And we are on Stepping In, and I have a special guest today. Dr. Mindy Pels from San Jose is here, and we are going to talk about all of the ins and outs of fasting, what you need to know, um, what you should know, and what to expect. Uh, first and foremost, though, I want to make a thank you for all of you that have donated to the animals of the campfire uh, disaster. Uh, there's been a lot of support, and I've uh, been on the air a couple times talking to you guys about making the donation. And I got uh, some information from Norm today, who's a, a dentist up in the area, whose family um, and his wife have been really active in the uh, North Valley Animal Disaster Group. And so almost all of the horses have now gone back to their uh, owners or their humans, as we say. There's still a lot of the small pets that are waiting for their families to come back. And uh, they have a good amount of food right now, but the organization really needs money. So if you want to go to uh, in your phone, uh, to the phone number 474747, text Campfire Pets in the text line there. You can scroll down and get to uh, a way to donate, and any donations are very helpful. You can also go to the Red Cross in Reading, and you can make a donation to there because these families are, are still suffering dramatically. And uh, the Reading Red Cross is uh, 3609 Batchel Lane in Reading, 96002. So if you feel like making a donation to them, and uh, that'd be very appreciative. So I want to welcome Dr. Mindy Pels. Uh, welcome, Mindy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And uh, you and I know each other for, for years, and uh, we're both really involved in this kind of revelation, revolutionary new health uh, yeah. subject called, yeah. well, it's basically, how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it's revolutionary, but it's also ancient, yeah. right, at the same time. So it is really the fasting craze that everybody seems to be jumping onto. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredible. And I'm so excited to share it with people and talk about how do you fast and when do you fast and is it right for you? There's so much great information out there and there's so much misinformation. Absolutely. So I think the thing to, to talk about first and foremost is why would somebody want to fast in the first place? I mean, heck, shouldn't we just be eating three meals a day? Right, right. Well, so really good point. If, if you ever look at, you know, the six meal a day idea, which was what we, so many of us had been trained to eat six meals a day, it'll speed up your metabolism. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, one of the places that doctors go to to get the most sound uh, information is a website called PubMed. Mm -hmm. So all you got to do is type in 
six meals a day, the benefits of six meals a day into PubMed, and you'll see that it, that there is no science behind there. Uh, yet in fasting, we have a ton of science. And the, I think the guy that really made this popular was the, um, and I always get his name turned around, but it was Dr. Uh, Yoshinura Usumi, who won the 2016 Nobel Prize uh, for uh, medicine and physiology for on fasting and intermittent fasting. Yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, it's so cool that this kind of top-end science is really validating what we're doing. And his uh, his word is autophagy. Right. That's what we've we. I remember studying about that way back when in school, but we didn't really realize how important it is on helping the body heal and helping it stay healthy and, and repairing itself. Yeah, and I think, and you and I have talked about this before. I just feel like nobody's taught people that we come with these innate healing capabilities in our body. And one of those capabilities is autophagy. That, exactly. And the body repairs itself when you take food out of the equation. So I think that to, to me, I know you, you're in the same boat, is so exciting. Yeah, like, it really is. And to know what happens in the body when you, well, you know, I want to go back just for a second. You're mm -hmm. talking about the six meals a day thing and why people were really being um, directed towards that. And a lot of it had to do with the insulin level or the, the predominance of um, diabetes in our country. I think one half of us have high insulin in our blood or already diabetic. And yeah. what traditional medicine has told them is just keep eating little meals a day. Yep. And what we're finding is that this is actually causing the body to put on weight and it's driving up this thing called insulin in the blood that actually has terrible ramifications on health. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point. If you think about what we've done with health, you know, the eating frequently, the low fat, are we healthier? Are we skinnier now than we were 20, 30 years ago? And I think nobody would say yes to that. Everybody's, yeah. I mean, the chronic diseases are on the rise. So what fasting is giving us all an opportunity to do is to take a step back and go, wait a second, maybe that theory was wrong. Maybe this eating all the time is not what the body wants. And that's where when you dive into the science, you start to see you're right. That isn't what we want. Yeah, absolutely. And what we have found is by taking little bits of food on a, you know, they, I think they say that the average uh, American eats 17 times yeah, a day. I've heard I mean, that. one nut in your mouth is considering eating because it's jacking up this, this hormone called insulin, which we need. But what happens is we've been screaming to our cells with insulin so much that the cells don't listen anymore and yeah. they become something develop something called uh, insulin resistance, yeah. which means it no longer works. And I always give the, the example, you're, it's kind of funny because we're talking about your kids and they're a little bit younger than mine, but mm -hmm. teenagers, you know, they sometimes don't want to listen as much as they did when they sometimes. were- Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> when they were so young and just going, oh, there's mom, where's dad? I can't wait to see him. Mm -hmm. You know, so now our cells are acting the same way. They've been listening to this insulin um, communication for so long that they don't want to listen anymore and they can't listen. Yeah. And what happens is our cells become diseased or damaged. And mm -hmm. since all life is in the cell, uh, what we really need to do is figure out how to heal that problem. And the fasting has become like the, the gateway to this healing process.
process. Yeah, we have what, 72 trillion cells in our body. And when you start to saturate them with glucose and insulin over and over and over again, they really truly become sick. And then you throw some toxins onto that and now you've got a body that's just continually breaking down day after day. So mm-hmm. what what's so cool about autophagy is what they discovered is that when you when you fast, his his research was done 13 to 15 hours. When you take food out of the equation for 13 to 15 hours, that when the cells perceive that there's no more glucose coming, what they will do is they turn within themselves and they start to eat the toxins and the, and the extra glucose that you have stored in there. It starts to live off of that. Wow, that's amazing. It's so cool. And then you're yeah. repairing yourself yeah. and you haven't done, it didn't cost you anything. It, all it took was an, it, the understanding of what your body needs. You know, I'm getting goosebumps. I, I just want to say I've been doing this show since January. So it's almost been a year and it's so nice to have you here, Mindy. Yeah, so we can we can actually kind of hopefully help people understand this better. Yeah. And But first and foremost, I think we should uh, define autophagy. Autophagy mean auto means self mm-hmm. and phagy means eating. So right. basically your body is eating itself. That's right. But what we, what Dr. Um, Yushinori Asumi came up with or what he discovered is the body's only eating the bad stuff first. Right. Yeah, right. we used to think, oh, you're if you eat or you starve, one of the myths is you're going to waste muscle, you're going to go into starvation mode, it's, it's bad for you, you're going to get sick. Yeah. And if you do this correctly... And I really want to emphasize yeah, we correctly. Should talk about that. Yeah. Then your body is amazing. It's it, it will actually you, you can turn back the clock. You know mm-hmm. you can turn turn back the hands of time. Yeah, and I think uh, you and I talk about this a lot. Um, what I really hope that people start to see with this new fasting craze is that you were born in a body that was so intelligent. It has so many ways to heal you. And when you start to understand them and utilize them, we don't have to look outside the body for help. We can turn within the body and start to go, okay, body, how, you know, just like we know sleep is so important for us, to heal. Well, guess what? Fasting has that same capability. So tapping into the body from an innate intelligence place is so massively important for where we need to go as a society with health in general. Yeah. And just so you know, um, both Mindy and I, Mindy lives in San Jose and I'm living over here in beautiful Santa Cruz. And she says it's nicer over here. Yes, than- <laughs> I, <laughs> I drove over today and it, I can officially say it's colder in San Jose than here in Santa Cruz. So anyway, the first of the year, come uh, early part of January, we are going to be doing a fasting program where we can actually teach you and walk you through this. So we'll go through that um, as we go through the show. But just so you know, next week, next Saturday, we will be doing another show to to answer questions. We'll be taking calls the second half of that show. We want to try to get the data out this week and early part of next week so you can start to get your questions together so that if you are interested in joining either uh, Mindy or myself um, in January to get this thing rolling, we can. Uh, you'll be all prepared. Yeah, and I think there. that's another really important um, topic is... Uh, 
there are a lot of different types of fasts and mm -hmm. next week we'll break them down. I've actually figured out that there's about six different types of fasting that you can do. Mm -hmm. It's not as simple as just taking food out of the equation. You really should have a strategy for it. And I believe that there's a beginner's fast and then there's an expert's fast. And I, next week, I think we should dive into that so people can safely fast. You know, that is so true. And it's so such a great point. You know, it's kind of like I, we were talking before the show, like if I got a, a an auto kit for Christmas, all these tools, I'm not going to go take my motor apart. I mean, I did when I was a kid and it just never got put back together again. Right. And if you have a hammer and a, a nail, you can't build a house. And somehow people feel like, oh, there's a new fad out there to do with my body, which is the only body I have. And I'm just going to go wing it. Right. Well, you and I have seen what happens when you're not ready to do a uh, you know more advanced fast, yeah, and uh, you know people get sick, and yeah. your whole purpose of fasting, I believe, and first and foremost, why would I want to fast anyway? I remember, and we'll get back to that, but I remember watching one of your Facebook lives a while back when you did your first five-day fasting. Well, why am I doing this? Yeah. And well, there's trepidation about uh, how can I go without food for five minutes? We've yeah. been told to eat our whole life. Yeah. I, I, so I think that is a really good segue into what does your body do once you take food away? So we know that it stimulates this autophagy, but where people get scared is that there can be a moment when you start to take food away that you're not going to feel very good. Mm -hmm. So it could be an hour, it could be several hours. But what's happening in that moment as you take the food away is your body is being forced to adapt. And as, blood, as your blood sugar comes down, it signals to the liver to start to secrete ketones. So mm -hmm. we, everybody's, I mean, I think a lot of people are hearing about the ketogenic diet, but ketones, once ketones start to get secreted by the liver, ketones actually go up into the brain. And I, I heard this from Dr. Fung a couple of weeks ago that your brain actually will start to work 20% better hmm. with ketones. Wow. So, it, and if you go back again and you think about this, go back to the primal days. What did they, they didn't have access to food in, the, in those caveman days. So the body was designed to have a way to survive when it didn't have food. And in fact, it was to the body's advantage to thrive even more when it didn't have food. So, you know, if you have ketones going to your brain, your brain is thinking sharper, you're going to be able to go hunt food a whole lot better. You're not going to be passed out on the ground. But we've gotten so reliant on food and what types of food are going to heal us when really one of the greatest gifts you can do is allow these ketones to be produced in your body. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're, I just know that sometimes when you don't eat, you, that that pang in your stomach, it causes anxiety. Oh, I got to eat or I'm going to be grumpy or I'm going to crash or, you know, but yeah. the funny part is when you start to really learn how to use your body more efficiently, which is what we're doing, we're burning up all of the fuel that we're giving it rather than storing it as kind of toxic waste in our body. Yep. And I kind of liken our body to, you know, what if I had a 1956 Chevy out there 
there that never had the rings replaced on them. I'm driving down the road blowing blue smoke out of the back. I mean, I'm getting three miles a gallon. That's not very good. We all want efficient cars. You know, you can plug it in at night and switch between two types of fuel. You can switch between electricity and gasoline. Or no, yeah, electricity and gasoline. Our bodies are, so many of us are so inefficient. Look at yourself in the mirror and go, wow, am I an efficient burner of fuel or am I storing it? Is that toxic, is those um, stored uh, fuel causing me to be sick? Yep, yeah. And one way you know Mm -hmm. is by how long you can go without food. Hmm. So there is sugar, you're either sugar adapted or you're fat adapted. So when we're feeding ourselves on a six meal a day basis, we typically, our body is now expecting to get the next source of fuel is gonna come from food. And this is why you have to keep eating. But once you put yourself into a fat adapted place, your body knows you train it to go find fuel in the cells, to go find it in the fat, and you can go a much longer period without food and you have more energy, more mental clarity. So I think it's really important for people to understand that there's two ways you get fuel and you can't access both all the time. And knowing how to get it from fat is so important for longevity. Yeah, because uh, we are considered a sugar burning nation. We are. Where we, most people, they can't burn fat. Their body just doesn't know how to do it. That's right. So we, a lot of people, People don't understand that carbohydrates are anything from broccoli to a French fry. Yep. And then protein, of course, is meat. All of this stuff burns as glucose or burns as sugar. And so many people are surprised when I say protein burns as sugar, ultimately. Yep. They go, oh, what? No. Well, it does. So... And sugar burns like a smoky fireplace. Like mm-hmm. if you put wet pine in your fireplace, it's going to smoke. That's the fuel. You will warm the house, but you know if you don't have a good ventilation system, you're going to choke. And when we are pretty much uh, sugar adapted, which most of the Americans are, you're creating all these toxins in your cells and those are hurting something in there which is like the energy producer called the mitochondria and it's actually damaging it and it's going to damage the genes in your body as well. So the benefit of becoming a fat adapter is really allowing our bodies to actually heal and and switch between the two types of fuel. Yeah. Yeah, there's a new term that's emerging that I really like and it's called metabolically flexible. Mm. That the goal is to be be able to click in and out of the sugar burner, fat burner. And like you said, so many people are stuck in the sugar burner mode that when they first go to fasting, it can be a little difficult because there you haven't trained that fat burner part of you. But if you, once you get skilled with this, it's amazing because you can literally have your cake and eat it too. You can have a day where you're, you're eating more higher carbs and then you can have days where you fast a lot longer. And I think next week we should talk more about what that looks like because I know that with my patients, I know with your patients, with the group of doctors that we hang out with, I mean, we go to these seminars and we sit in the seminar and they just talk to us the whole day with no breaks, no yeah. lunch break. And, and these are a group of people that are just eating 
eating dinner. They're not, and ev- nobody's passed out. Everybody's <laughs> doing great. And everybody feels good because we, at that point, they've basically helped us learn how to get our turn our bodies into ketone burning machines. And the brain loves to burn right. fat or ketones. It's actually said it's 20% sharper. Also, another benefit of uh, burning ketones is Bad cells don't live off ketones, mm-hmm. you know, like cancer cells and things like that can't mm-hmm. live off ketones. So another really great benefit of having breaks between uh, meals, like for instance, we are, you know, a lot of people have probably heard of intermittent fasting and a lot of people are doing that, which is basically eating dinner and then not eating till lunch. But, and I've talked about this a lot, is the eating window, when we give our stomach a break, our digestive system a break for like 18, 16, 18 hours, the first time in our lives we've ever allowed it to rest and heal, so many diseases are caused by a damaged digestive system all the way down to the colon and the bacteria in there and the antibiotics and drugs and sugars and glyphosate that we've consumed. This, if just think about your arm and having a 10 pound weight and just doing, you know, reps and reps and reps of just using that muscle with your biceps and you can't go forever and that muscle will wear out. Well, our stomach and our digestive system are damaged. So many chronic diseases are coming from um, this type of this damage and it's causing autoimmune diseases. There's that auto word again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a body's fighting itself. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about why should we fast, it's not just a fad. We're going, hey, everybody's doing it. Why don't you do it? It's to heal your body. And mm-hmm. we've got to start with the digestive system in the gut. So allowing the, the digestive system to rest is huge, mm-hmm. let alone getting the ketones to burn. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point because there's a lot of reasons people come to fasting. So I think, you know, we're at the end of a year, we're gonna go into the new year. A lot of people wanna come to fasting for weight loss. And I, I, I think it's the greatest way to lose weight. And uh, again, there's a strategy to do doing that. Um, a great book I really encourage people to go uh, read is The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. Mm -hmm. He really does an amazing job of explaining that. And what you just said, yeah, he's got a fasting guide too, which is great. What you just said is also another brilliant reason to come to fasting and that's for gut repair. So uh, you and I were just having a discussion about how important the gut microbiome is. Mm -hmm. And we have such a depletion of good bacteria in our guts. Most people, I was telling you about the gut Zoomer test I Mm -hmm. run in my office and how nobody has shown up with with having the right diversity of good bacteria. And most people are walking around with too much bacteria. You were talking about fungus and how we just have all these really harmful pathogens that are living in our guts. So what do you do if you're that person that you just can't heal your gut and you can throw supplements at it? I mean, there's all, you can do FODMAP. I mean, there's so many different interesting ideas, but hands down, what we're seeing in my clinic is the absolute best thing is fasting. Yeah, absolutely. Just think about if you had a a really bad scrape on your elbow, maybe you were skateboarding over here in Santa Cruz and you got a real bad scrape and you kept rubbing dirt on it and you just never allowed it to heal. You kept using it and kept rubbing dirt on it. That thing will never heal. It's going to get worse and worse and probably bad 
bugs are going to get in there and it could even get into your bloodstream and, and cause major problems. Well, when your digestive system is damaged, which we know most of ours are from the, the foods we've eaten in the past, even if we're trying to eat well now, we do have a past. So that digestive system can't heal because you keep putting more food down. Yep. It's just like scraping dirt in that elbow. We've got to give it a break. And by doing the fasting, along with the appropriate nutritional things we may recommend at different times, um, we can help you heal that so that your body can start to heal on a cellular level as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy. I, I, I like that because it is true that, um, you know, if you are, if any part of your body is sick and you keep feeding it the same sick food over and over again, you're just really truly building sicker and sicker cells. So I like that analogy. I think that's good. Um, and I think one thing that might be helpful for people would be, okay, so you're, you're listening to fasting, you're thinking, I wanna try fasting, where do you start? And I know for me, and then I'd love to hear you know, what your experience has been. What I like to do is if you've never fasted before, I think the most uh, intelligent way to start is to just push your breakfast back an hour. Mm -hmm. Just push it back an hour. Ideally, you want to feel a little woozy because that's where the body is adapting. So you want to have it be a little difficult. So if you push it back an hour and then that was too easy, then the next day, try pushing it back two hours. And you, you alluded to this earlier is that we want to have this compressed eating window mm -hmm. where you have a fasting window and an eating window. Yeah. Well, think about it too. And you know, most of us do fast, we just don't realize it. We eat dinner and then we eat breakfast. Usually that's a 12 hour fast right there. Right. Intermittent fasting is 16 to 18 hours. You just have to push it back three or four more hours and then learn how to put the healthy oils in your body to jumpstart your ketones burning. And we're gonna go over that in more detail. Yeah, definitely. And I, um, I, I the other question I get a lot from people is, okay, well, how often do I have to do that? Mm-hmm. And when I first learned about intermittent fasting, I thought, okay, I could do that one day. Tomorrow, <laughs> I'll, I'll push breakfast back, you know, right. an hour. I was like, okay, I can do that. It may be a little hard. I got a routine. I love my breakfast. Um, and then I read a little deeper and I, I was like, every day? You're mm -hmm. supposed to do that every day? And Almost. Almost every day. <laughs> I think that's the paradigm shift that yeah. I would love to see listeners have is that let's go from I need to eat all the time to heal my body to I need fasting times and I need feeding times. And, it, and let's, let's start to look at food as being something that can be a tool when you eat it in the right window of your day, but it's not meant to be done all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think... Um it's really interesting. Actually, I remember going to a seminar that you went, that you did a while ago, and you said this great thing. And there were hundreds of people there, and you said, "If I could give you a magic pill today, and it would handle all of your health issues, handle your weight problems, handle your energy problems, how many people would take the pill?" And you know, half the audience or more raised their hands. So you can't fast, my point is you can't fast for a day and get this well. It's gonna take a long time to turn your health around. Yep. You might, and, um, and this is what's prob the problem with some of the fad diets, as you know, they work for a little while, then they stop working. And if you don't know why they stop working, you're gonna give up. And then you go, well, there comes another one. And you know, 
they're all they're all good to an, a point. Like for instance, the keto diet is something that's everybody's heard about. It's a r- really um, popular word that's searched a lot now. Um, but what what we know about diets is the body needs diet variation. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak on that for a minute? Yeah, and I you know I I agree that the the magic pill is can be fasting. <laughs> yeah. It really is miraculous. And if you're out there listening and really struggling with your health, I cannot encourage you enough to give fasting a try. Yeah. And and ju- if you've never fasted, do exactly what I just said. Push your, your breakfast back an hour. Uh, next week, we'll talk about where do you go from there and what are some other fasts you can do. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then the second thing you said was important was variation. So keto is really uh, a really popular buzzword right now. And there's a lot of benefit with it. Um, The body does really well when you lower down your blood sugar and you increase your good fat. There's so much benefit that you are giving your body but it's not meant to be done all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there it's just like this is where we get ourselves stuck in ruts is that we f- go, "Oh, I'm paleo. Oh, I'm vegan." And and you love the feeling you have, but you just keep doing that same diet over and over and over again. Yeah, and then pretty soon it doesn't work anymore. You stop losing weight, you start to put weight back on, you lose your energy, and you're you just give up. Right. And there's a reason, and that's part of, you know, the ancient healing strategies is in the old days, and I love this uh, scenario, is we'd go kill a mammoth. Right. And we'd run around chasing that mammoth for, you know, long enough that we were exhausted. Then we'd eat meat till we ran out of mammoth meat. And then would, you know, we'd eat the fat, winter would come, we'd eat our stored nuts, and then we'd be there'd be nothing left for, you know, a few weeks of spring. So we'd, we'd do fasting during that time. But the point is that we would always eat different foods based on seasons. Yep. And, you know, since World War II, we've been able to eat what we want, when we want, wherever we want, with whoever we want, and as much as we want, because we get it from all over the world. Yep. And our bodies were never made to live like that. The the gut, the bugs in our gut, these things called microbiome, they're not supposed to be just sitting there high on the hog, eating whatever they want, whenever they want. They make us sick that way. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I do think we have to go way back to the mammoth days to really <laughs> look at what we were meant to, to be eating. So I, I, yeah. And the microbiome likes diversity. So we have trillions of bacteria in our gut. And when we feed them the same foods over and over and over, over again and you know even if they're keto foods and they're or they're paleo foods or they're vegan foods like they're even if the diet you're eating is phenomenal if you don't have variation then you're not you're not creating a diverse microbiome in your gut and those those bacteria are are making serotonin and dopamine and they're GABA and they're making really important parts of chemicals that your brain needs and your body needs. Yeah, really. I think what 90% of the serotonin is made in our digestive yep. system. Yep. And so these microbiome these bugs, there's more of them in our gut than we have human cells. They are going to take the food that we put down and they're going to into our digestive system. They're going to break that down into nutrients for us. When these microbiome get kind of just too fat and sassy, they're, they're weak. They, mm-hmm. they can't do what they're supposed to do. And then bad ones come in and they produce these bad toxic um, 
byproducts that we absorb into our body and they make our body even more inflamed. Mm -hmm. And so by doing this diverse diet, we're going to wipe out the weaker. And this is where the term autophagy comes in again, too. We want to wipe out the weak bacteria of each type. And if we say there's three types, there's a bacteria that breaks down fat, bacteria that breaks down carbohydrates, and a bacteria that breaks down protein. So if we're eating if we're not eating any protein, those protein ones are going to starve to death and only the, the strong ones will survive, let's say a third of them. Then we do the same thing with fat. We get rid of the bottom two-third weak one bacteria and then with the carbohydrates, now we end up with much stronger microbiome in our digestive system to really do a great job of getting the nutrients we need so that serotonin and all those other chemicals get to our brain in a much better uh, fashion, much quicker fashion, and you know, without all the other toxic waste to, to offset the benefits of them. Yeah, and I think it's really smart if you're, again, if, you're, if this is new information, is to step this out for yourself and say, okay, so I get that the microbiome is important. So, and I'm not fasting. Let me start by imp implementing fasting. And let me start with intermittent fasting. So I'll push breakfast back an hour. I'll try to go 13 to 15 hours. Then I, you brought this up and I wanna talk about this a little more because it's so popular right now is the keto diet. I truly believe the human body was meant to thrive with a keto type environment. And the reason is because it brings the, what exactly what you were just discussing is it brings your sugar levels down. Mm -hmm. So when I work with a patient, I'm always very, I'm very, uh, hopeful when we can start to see how the keto diet will work with them. If they start to bring those sugars down, they get off the, the bad carbs like breads and pastas and sugary drinks and, and all everything the standard American diet is. When we take that away, we can really see what the body's capable of. And if it can get itself into ketosis, awesome. Now we can start to look at how do we add in some variation. So I think stepping it is super important um, because right now there's so much information out there on keto. There's so much, I mean, fasting's emerging, which is why it's exciting to be talking about this today. But um, we have to simplify it for people or mm -hmm. uh, it will, when people are overwhelmed with their health, they won't they just, ah, I don't, I don't want to do it. And they just- Or they try something and get really sick. Like somebody, one of our mutual acquaintances thought, oh, I can do this. And she might be listening. And if so, thank you for allowing me ahead of time to say she went to Mexico and decided to do this fast that was way too too steep of a thing for her to do and she got really sick. And you know, the only reason I want to bring that up is if you have any health conditions, if you're pretty healthy and you just want to lose weight, that's one thing. But if you are having pre-diabetic, if you've got some kind of autoimmune disease like you know, fibromyalgia or any of the myriad of them, you might want to really just get some help on looking how to do this correctly so you don't end up hurting yourself or getting sicker and then giving up and going down the traditional pathway again, which we know is medications, which are often needed, but they're not necessarily the, the healthiest way to heal your body for the future. Yeah, I think you're specifically talking about like uh, extended block fasting where uh -huh. you're doing like water fasts. Yeah. And um, yeah, and those are miraculous for people. Um, and if your cells are 
packed with toxins, uh, it can be a really difficult struggle. So I think that's really important. That's why I love the, let's do this step and then mm -hmm. let's do this step and then let's do this step um, so that people don't dive all in. Yeah, it's and not a sprint, it's a marathon. No, it, no it's not. It's, it's the not. rest of your life. And the thing that you and I both really like to teach our patients is look, we don't want you to pin it on us. We want to show you, yep. help you through the hurd hurdles, then show you how to do this for the rest of your life. That's right. We've never been given a book on, you know, a, a manual on how to operate these bodies healthily, you yeah. know, and we've, we grew up in a time where all of the food was deplete of, of any nutrients, you know, yeah. all of the processed food and getting a can of cream, cream spinach for dinner, you know, ugh. <laughs> and, and uh, TV dinners, we yeah, used to get right. the TV dinners and the, uh, uh, and, yeah, the Swansons with in the, t in the aluminum pans. Yeah. yeah. So now we're trying to detox all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. know, what's interesting is too, is when you just take the word ketogenic diet. So people think, oh, ketones. So if I, if I'm doing something, we really got to understand the terms here because there's some people are taking uh, ketones as a supplement, mm. thinking, okay, well, this is helping me um, with along with the process, but really you're kind of skipping a step in a way. Mm -hmm. We really want your body to be able to create its own ketones. And you can't jumpstart that successfully, in my opinion, from what I've seen. Yeah, so let's dive into the ketogenic diet because yeah. it, it, it is it does go hand in hand with fasting. Mm -hmm. So uh, the ketogenic diet, the way I like to prescribe it for patients is that you keep your carbohydrates under 50 net carbs. And you ideally want to get those carbs from good carbs like fruit, uh, vegetables, mm -hmm. fruits. I mean, an apple has 17 net carbs in there. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, almost half yeah. of what you would, you would have. But you're gonna go 50 net carbs uh, every day. And then protein, you're keeping 50. I, I recommend, or it's not, you know, the keto is not a high protein diet. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep your protein under 50 grams yeah. um, as well. And so one chicken breast is about 25 grams. Yeah. Right? yeah. And one egg is six grams. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. And so I get this a lot with patients where they're like, I'm keeping my carbs down, I'm fasting. But then when we actually look at their numbers, they're eating like 150 grams of protein. Well, hmm. protein's going to get stored as fat as well. And it's also inflammatory. Yeah, it, exactly. It's going to, if you got sore joints and, you know, joint pain and achiness and stuff like that, then eating too much protein can actually increase that. Yeah. It can damage you. So it's keto to me is uh, low carb. It is moderate protein and then it's high good fat. Yeah, and describe it, good fat. Right. I was going to say, okay. we really need to hammer home good fat. So I think the best thing to know is what the bad fats are. Mm -hmm. Because the minute you walk into any grocery store, about 90% of the food's in there. And the majority of all the restaurants you're going to are bad fats. Mm -hmm. So they're the vegetable oil, the canola oil, the safflower and sunflower oils. And the good fats are avocado, coconut, olive when you don't cook it. Olive oil is a good fat. But once you cook it and heat it up, 
up, it actually can turn to a bad fat. Mm -hmm. So uh, really switching your fats. And then when you eat, look at your meal and ask yourself, do I have fat at this meal? If you, if you don't have any fat at, at your meal, uh, there's a good chance and meal after meal after meal, you're not getting enough fat in general. Yeah. And, you know, also if you don't have a problem with dairy, I mean, uh, butter is great, yep. you know, and the butter has uh, got this, one of the amino acids and it's called, or fatty acids, is called butyric acid. I mean, this is a huge immune system builder yep. and it's also an antifungal and antibacterial type of uh, building block. So uh, butter is really good. You want to get organic grass-fed butter and um, that's, you can get that at the health food stores and yep. ghee as well. Yep. Yeah, and we then, use a lot of ghee. Yeah, and then whole whipping cream. Yep. Like I love to do whole whipping cream in my coffee. That gets, I've been doing intermittent fasting for so long. I just have that in the morning and we can go into that more later, yeah. but that's, uh, you know, that gets me going and I'm good. You yeah. know, my body's burning fat pretty effectively. Yeah. And I think that's, let's go into the coffee and mm -hmm. the buttered coffee because yeah. I think that's a really complicated one for people to understand is that if you're fasting for these longer periods, let's say you're going uh, 15, 16 hours a day, mm -hmm. uh, but we, but you can have your coffee or your tea and it's recommended that you actually put some butter or some, cr or some high heavy cream in there. Um, what is interesting is that fat does not spike your blood sugar for the most part. It will many times actually lower your blood sugar. So I have a, a good friend who has, a da her daughter has type one diabetes and they were upgrading her Dexcom, you know, de the continuous blood mm -hmm. sugar reader. Yeah. Um, and so she, she called me up and she said, do you want to wear my Dex, my daughter's Dexcom, her old Dexcom? Wow. So you can see what your blood sugar does. So I did, I wore it for a month. Wow. It was so super fascinating. Um, my big takeaways, my two biggest takeaways from, from wearing this thing was that fat actually lowered my blood sugar. Mm -hmm. That when you eat fat, you lower that blood sugar and now that will signal to the liver to produce ketones. So people who are in the ketogenic diet, they love that because they can get some fat and it can actually move them into ketosis a little bit easier. My other takeaway for those people who are watching their blood sugar and they can't seem to get their blood sugar down is one of the biggest elevators of blood sugar is stress. <laughs> yeah. So and that's really, a toughie. Yeah, it is. You know, and uh, you just have to, there's things we know we can do. Number one, if you have stress on your body, chiropractic is absolutely amazing. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you and I have been chiropractors for, well, you know, me 30 years here. 23, yeah. 23 years. And the things we see, it's a miracle. I mean, mm -hmm. just freeing up the nervous system is amazing because the nervous system is a master system for the everything, yep. you know, and now, but what we found and the reason you and I have, have branched into the chemistry or the fasting and the nutrition is because of the seven, 80,000 different toxins that have gone into our environment over the last, since, you know, the turn of the last century, our bodies haven't, they can't adapt to this quick enough. And this, these toxins are building up in our fat cells and our brain cells and causing all kinds of disease. And one thing I wanted to say about the um, ketogenic diet or any diet where you're burning fat, because we want to burn the stored fat, is toxins are stored in fat cells. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, fat is 
oil and oil is not soluble to water. So the body has found that if it puts those heavy chemicals in a fat cell, then it's not going to hurt the body. So that stores them in there. Yep. So when you start to burn fat too quickly, if you're already not very healthy, that excess amount of toxins that are coming out of your stored fat cells can actually make you sick. Yep. So this is where you really need to have somebody help you and, and guide you through it because your health depends on it. Your future depends on this. It's not just, let me lose 10 pounds in these cases. It's like, how do I make sure that I'm not going to end up with some kind of bad mental uh, problems with brain fog down the road because we know these some of the stuff is in our brains. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is also a brilliant point because I think people get so frustrated that they're not losing weight and they're throwing every diet at at the at their weight loss efforts and what people don't realize or what would be really uh, insightful is to think of your weight from your body's perspective. If toxins are building up in your body, is it better for your your body to store those toxins in your organs or would it make more sense to create fat to store those toxins? And the body is always geared towards survival. So it's going to create fat mm -hmm. to be able to store those toxins. Yeah. So when you now come to the ketogenic diet, you come to fasting. This is why I love this stepped approach is that if you go in too quickly to burning this fat and you don't have a good detox plan, then you're just releasing all of those toxins. Yeah. But if you're slow and steady and, and really careful about how you do this, and, and by careful, I mean thoughtful. Yeah. If you're just methodical and thoughtful, start with this intermittent fasting. When that gets easier, you can start a, you do a little bit longer fasting. Then that gives your body time to, to really start to deal with the toxins that are being released. Yeah. One thing I've noticed throughout the years is some people, when they try to do this, whether it's key, you know, fasting or working out to lose weight, they'll either, sometimes they'll lose weight and get incredibly sick because the body's dumping the, the fat and all the toxins are just being injected into the uh, bloodstream. Other people just don't lose any weight. The body's right. going, I'm not going to lose any weight. I'm not burning this fat. Are you crazy? We're going to get sick. Exercise all you want, but I'm not burning a fat cell. Yep. So right. the body's amazingly intelligent. It's, it's, it's always geared towards survival. Right. So if you're not losing weight and you feel like you're doing all the right things, then toxicity is a really important area to go and, and look at. Yeah. And your liver and your kidneys, you know, are your two major detox glands. So if you are toxic, if you've been exposed to heavy metals, if you've been exposed, uh, you know, to pesticides and herbicides, dumping that and running it out through your liver or kidney is something that you want to be aware of. And that's where Mindy and I come in. We can really help you. So coming to our January workshops, you know, some of you were going to give the green light and go, yeah, go ahead, full steam ahead. Here's your walking papers. Other people, we might go, you know what, let's just do this first. Let's potentially slow this down a bit. And some other people, we might say, I don't think it's re you're ready for it yet. So yeah, that's I, important. I, I heard a term recently that I like as well called personalized health care. Mm -hmm. You know, if you walk into your medical doctor's office and you have high blood pressure, uh, you know, why does everybody get the same pill? <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Everybody's reason for high blood pressure may be different. Well, it's as we come to these ancient healing strategies and we start to learn about the body, I think it is important to get a personalized approach. And and yeah, the, uh, at both of our events, we'll, we'll walk people through that. I think, you know, one of my passions 
friends. And I know you're on the same line as like, we got to give people the power back. Absolutely. We, we have to start to believe in the own in, intelligence of our body more than we believe in always throwing medication at it. And when we start to give our body more credit and understand it and, and learn more and more about it, your body will perform at a level you've, you just didn't even know was possible. Yeah, our bodies are amazing, you know, and one thing we, we will, I've touched on quite a bit, but also one of the cool things about everything we're talking about, it culminates in something that is just the essence of life. Yep. When you starve down your body and you break down the weak, tired, burnt out cells and your body throws those all in the recycling plant and it breaks down all the minerals and vitamins and stuff, it makes something called stem cells. Mm. Unbelievable. Yep. And those stem cells go and they rebuild your body. Yep. And it's this is why you're doing this. You know, We're not doing it just for fun or because it's a trendy word. We know now that we're tapping into potentially the fountain of youth. Your body knows how to heal it always has known how to heal. We've just gotten away from letting it. And yep. we've had uh, people tell us that our body can't heal yep. and you need this pill in order to heal. And look where it got us. I mean, we're rated 50th in the world for health right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so many thoughts on that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it starts from birth. Yeah. If you think about it, when a baby comes out, what is the mother told to keep it away from other people that we inject babies with all these different chemicals to mm -hmm. try to make it stronger. And we have, we're told from birth that we are weak and we may not necessarily be told that verbally, but the actions of our of the authorities around us are telling us that. Mm -hmm. When we're sick, we're told that we need to go get an antibiotic. Uh, we're told we need to do a flu shot before we actually, you know, get sick. Nobody ever, you know, stands up and says, you were born in a miracle. And when you start to apply these principles, it will act like the miracle it was designed to be. And I think that's, it's, that's really important. And the other thing I wanna continue on with what you said is stem cells. Mm -hmm. So the research on stem cells and fasting is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It is incredible. Yeah. So Walter Longo is the one that is making stem cells uh, famous. He, he is a uh, researcher out of University of Southern California. And he started off by looking at patients who had cancer. And he found when he put them, when they were going through chemotherapy, when he put them on a three-day water fast, that it would reboot on the third day, it, these stem cells would come out and it would reboot their whole immune system. And that they would bounce back from the chemotherapy so much uh, more efficiently. He then went on and did it with diabetic patients patients, type one and type two. And he found that if he did something called fast mimicking, which we'll talk about next week, uh, he did the fast mimicking diet with them that they actually regrew uh, cells of the pancreas that had been injured because of the stem cell production. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Um, Jason Fung as well, as you know, we, we know that he talks about the fact that he's seen pancreases turn around as well just by giving the body a chance to do this and by getting the toxins out of the body and starving down the weak cells and allowing the body to 
heal. I mean, we've got the DNA that tells our body what to do. Yep. It's always been there. It's still there. Yep. You know, maybe we've gotten gone astray a bit by going down the wrong path through food-wise. Lack of vitamins and minerals and essential necessary supplements or amino acids and fatty acids. We now know how to move back. Yep. It's, it's right there. All the top scientists in the world are doing this and talking about it. Yep. Yeah, that's why I, I always use the word reset. Uh-huh. You know, I wrote a, the Reset Factor book I yeah. wrote and I use it with my patients because I truly believe that it's never too late to reset your health because your body was designed to reset itself. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, in fact, I mean, um, so Mindy, you are in San Jose. I am. You're right down by, right downtown, right? Yep, downtown yeah. San Jose. And the yep. name of your clinic is? Uh, Family Life Wellness Center. Uh-huh. Uh, my my webpage is drmindypels.com. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of my resources are there. I do, as you know, I do a lot of Facebook Lives. Yeah, I'm she does. She's great. Really trying to educate people on these principles. Yeah, and your Facebook is Mindy Dr. Mindy Pels. Yep, Dr. Yeah. Mindy Pels. And uh, mine is, of course, Dr. Duncan McCollum. I'm here in Capitola, um, McCollum Family uh, Chiropractic. There on the Brown Ranch, and you can go to Dr. Duncan McCollum Facebook. And Mindy and I, we're on the same path. We want to change this whole Central Coast, Central California thing. I mean, there's not a lot of docs doing what we're doing or working with the the leaders of the the, uh, industry like we are. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, just real quickly, the natural health world has done some amazing things and supplements do an amazing job and your body can heal without all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really powerful about what we're trying to teach is that this intelligence is so profound and you don't always have to throw something at it. Sometimes you just got to take something away. Yeah. Well, I thank you for tuning in. We've got a couple more minutes here. And uh, this is Dr. Duncan McCollum and Dr. Mindy Pels. And such a pleasure to have you here, yeah, Mindy. Thank I you. just can't I love wait. it. We're, we're going to do more of this and we're going to try to change uh, everybody's way of thinking. I want to just uh, say a couple things. The song that was played at the beginning is Sasha Bassa by Smith and Gail Dobson. And I think all of you know that uh, Smith was an amazing musician that passed away f- several years ago. Um, but Sasha is. Uh, doing really well. She's in New York, and I talked to her mother, Gail, who's also a phenomenal musician. She's You'll hear her on the way out again. She'll be at Michael's on Main on January 23rd, so we all want to come support her. And Sasha's working with Nora Jones right now with wow. uh, her the trio called Puss in Boots. And so if you go onto Sasha Dobson's website, you can uh, find out about that. And I just love the fact that these local people are doing really well. So um, next week, we'll be on the air again, 3 to 4 o'clock. And uh, we're going to go over, which fasting did you want to go yeah, over? Yeah, I think we should go through the six different fasts. Okay, the um, six different types of fasts. And we'll break them down and what they do and why you would use them. Uh-huh. Until then, if you're interested, start doing the intermittent fasting. It's, uh, that's a great start. Yeah, and then at the end of the latter part of the show, we'll try to work in some... Uh, some questions. So thank you very much. And we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, sweet little Sasha girl. You're going to find the world is like a bounce on mama's knee. If you enjoy-
enjoyed this episode of McCollum Wellness Radio, please share it with a friend and tell them one helpful fact that you learned today. Remember, the best way to learn is to teach. None of this information has been evaluated by the FDA, nor has it been endorsed by Big Pharma, the AMA, or the CDC. Be aware that eliminating toxins and eating healthy organic foods and eliminating genetically modified or processed foods from your diet may be good for your health. Implementation of any of this information may result in improving your health, restoring proper digestive function, increasing your energy, strengthening your immune response, and improving your sleep.